Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Bodor snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. It's day five and... Wait wait, wait a second, wait a second. Happy Friday, everybody. It's the weekend. You made it. Um, now, where was it? Oh, yeah. It's day five of guest stars. Shout out to Nolan from Locked On Red Wings for arranging this. I have a very special guest with me here today. It is Harrison Watt from the Fair State University Bulldogs hockey program. He is their play-by-play announcer. I am the play-by-play announcer for the Adrian College Bulldogs hockey program, if, if you... Uh, you get the point. Anywho, we are two play-by-play announcers, and we are going to have a great discussion about both of our play-by-play experiences for our respective teams. He is also an NHL fan. He will talk about his fandom for the New Jersey Devils. I'm not going to reveal how he became a fan, and I'm also not going to reveal what players he rooted for because I'm going to let him do the talking. I've talked long enough, so without further ado, let's meet Harrison, everybody. All right, joining me via Uber Conference, it's Harrison Watt from Ferris State. Harrison, how you doing? Welcome to Locked On Devils. I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So let's just talk about hockey. Like, where did hockey begin for you? Uh, it began late. I was I was a swimmer growing up, which those two paths don't cross very much. I never really got into playing until I was probably 17 or 18, but I started watching and following it closely when I was about 10 nine or 10. My dad took me to my first game in December of 2002. Um, I'm from the Detroit area. I grew up a big wings fan. Um, He took me and it was, I've actually watched the film back in the game and the game was actually a total slot fest, (laughs) but I remember watching and being like, just totally captivated by it. Uh, The wings still had Sergei Fedorov at that time. It was still one of my all time favorites. Um, They were still pretty much a super team. And it was, it was just shocking to be that close. And, and I think everybody remembers their first hockey game. Just, it's a little bit magical, and it was at Joe Lewis. So um, it started there for me. I, I didn't really understand what, what kind of impact it was going to have on my life until much later. But I, uh, I watched a lot of hockey broadcasts from the time I was 10 until now. I, I, I study a lot more now than I did then. But um, it's probably around 12 or 13 when I – watched and really got the sense that that's what I wanted to do for a living. You know, I relate to you so many levels because I also got into hockey pretty late. So I actually went to my first hockey game when uh, I was a freshman in high school. It was at the University of Michigan. You know, I didn't, all I knew was like, you know, the, the objective of the game is to get the puck into the twine. You know, I didn't know what penalties were, power play, uh, defensive men, uh, this or that. So I too also got into uh, hockey pretty late. And I and I and if you were to tell me that I would be working in Adrian College Television as a play-by-play announcer, I would have just given you a weird look because I'm just like, there's there's no way this could happen. So you know, it's just like, um, I guess that's just leads to the next thing. So how did you get into play-by-play? Like, did you start? with Ferris? Did you start with other things? Like what was the story behind that? I fell into it and it's really lucky. And 
every story I've heard from good broadcasters who get a good break at a, at a decent level, um, it always starts with, well, I met this one person. And for me, I was covering the team for the student newspaper um, during the 12-13 season. Then the 13-14 season, I was the lead on the Fair State Hockey Beat for the newspaper, and they won 29 games that year. So I was there. I was at the rink four or five days a week covering the team pretty extensively. Um, the pay didn't really cover the amount of work I was doing, but I, I got so invested and I loved it so much that I just did. I met the uh, then sports information director for the hockey team, a guy named Dom Hennig, who's the voice of the Flint Firebirds in the OHL now. Um, I got close enough with him um, to where during the 14-15 season when his color commentator left the school, um, to be completely honest, I took him to the bar, got him drunk, and got him to agree to have me on the air for a game as his color commentator. Um, wow. Well. wow, that's a that's a pretty interesting story right there. You took him to the bar to get him drunk, and just basically that's what <laughs> led to you getting on air. Well, it, it's funny because I don't know that he was really drunk. He, he had a few drinks, but um, I called him the next morning early. Um, and I was like, hey, I just wanted to say thanks for the opportunity. I can't wait to be on the air with you next weekend. And I hung up before he had a chance to really like be like, did I really promise that to you? So I showed up suit and tie, did my first uh, season 14-15 as a color commentator. Um, Dom left that off season, and I applied for the full-time job as play-by-play. Didn't get it, which turned out to be honestly a huge blessing at the time because the guy that got it, a guy named Jared Shaffron, who's now the voice of the ECHL South Carolina Stingrays. He was the uh, broadcaster of the year in the ECHL this year and one of my very good friends. Um, he gets the job at Ferris for the 15-16 season. He wanted to keep me on as his color guy and intern. Um, we had a wonderful year together at the beginning of the 16-17 season. He called me up and he goes, hey, um, I just got offered a job and the job is going to be yours in you know, after the first four games. So we did the first four games together for the 16, 17 season, then he left. And so I had one week to prepare to do my first full play-by-play on my own. And it was Fair State versus Michigan in our own rink, uh, sold out game. And I was nervous. I sweat through two shirts that day. I actually had to change in between the first and second period because I was sweating so much. I was so scared. Well, you had more time to prepare for your first game than I did. Um, so I only had a few hours to prepare for my first play-by-play game. Just That's a few hours. You won't it, overthink it, it that way. Right. But here was the thing. I was recently just hired by Adrian College Television. And so I had worked my first game just as a cameraman because I thought I was going to work my way up and, you know, do color commentary. But then um, – the next day, uh, the guy who usually does the play-by-play, you know, as a fill-in, sometimes he said, hey, listen, Trey, I'm not really feeling well. Do you just want to do it? And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Um, and it was a complete and utter disaster. <laughs> I was – I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I was so nervous. I, I didn't know what to say. And you want to know something? After that game – uh, Adrian College Television had privatized that video, and I'm like, oh, "What just happened?" And you know, because uh, you know, I can't, I can't review the game. And apparently, the, the next time I went into work, which was the, I think, the very next day, 
uh, I was like, hey, did you hear my broadcast? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we heard it. And we had an eight paragraph email from the admin building. So it was like, they said, it. according to the email, they said it was like very Bush League, an insult to the game, too much mocking the players. We don't want him on air again. So, and I, that was really a low blow. That really sucked because it's just like, wow, that I just did one game and, and I already, I'm already like behind the eight ball. And my boss was like, you know, he texted me. He's like, you know, listen, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it. Enough, we'll, we'll talk about it in the up and coming weeks. And, but for at, at that time, I was not allowed to go on air. I was just allowed to do camera work and, you know, stuff like that. So it was just like, it was, a, that really sucked. And, you know, uh, then my boss sat me down in his office. He brought in coffee and, you know, we reviewed the game. He's like, here's where you went wrong. Here's where they were kind of mad about. And, you know, the thing it was, I didn't have a color guy. So I didn't have anyone to work off of. So it was just like, you know, I don't have time to be like looking left or right, looking for someone to save me. I got to say something just to, you know, fill in the time. Because the one thing we learned in broadcasting is like, and you should know this, is like, you you don't want any silence, no dead air at all. No, I think, um, and that happens to a lot of first time and newer broadcasters. And it, it teaches you the lesson that you always have to have something prepared because, you know, to be frank, at the Division One level, there are very few good color commentators. I've had one. Uh, no, I've, t- I've had two. Um, and then I've had a couple of guests that have been okay. Um, and it's pretty good. But most games I do on my own, I mean, when I go on the road, I'm on my own. So if I don't have something to say, your brain is just going to come up with something. And half of, half of the time, I find if, if I don't have something in front of me prepared and, and ready to say in those dead spots, um, I'll say something dumb. I've I've done it before. I've done it a few times. I referred to uh, ice one time. It's frozen water. Um, just a hmm, brain melt water. there. I I did uh, got ripped by all my friends for it. I remember talking about a uh, an air conditioning vent in the building. Like I, I've done some crazy dumb things. You learn and you grow from it. It's just one of those things about preparation. Yeah, you, you have to have something in front of you, especially if you don't have a, a partner on the air and uh, I've, I have found since I've had partners on the air, it's always better to go by yourself than to have a bad color commentator. You want a good one, but if there's not a good one available, better to go it alone and just over-prepare. Right. Normally I don't have a color commentator uh, when I'm doing my games. And then again, I haven't been in the industry too long, so I don't have anything really to compare it with. Cause you know, we only have a few announcers at Adrian college television. And, um, you know, the one thing I like about hockey and I, and I hope you can, uh, you know, keep me honest about it. It's just so fun to commentate. It's extremely difficult. Like, you know, it's not easy because the game is so fast paced. You got to keep up with everything that's going on, but it's just so much fun. The energy, uh, just being on the edge of your seat, it's unpredictable. There's more room for upsets than say a sport like basketball where you know the better team will always more than likely come out on top but in hockey you know if you just score once and keep the other team to zero you know it's easier for an upset so like that's how I describe hockey it's just fast-paced energetic and just so lively and even though I was still 
I would say getting my feet wet with uh, commentating that sport, I, I knew I wanted to do it after my first game because it's just so much fun. Adrian College is big on their hockey programs, wouldn't you say, or wouldn't you agree to that? I would. Um, for me, for me, it, it's it's easy to make broadcasting easy if you want to be lazy and not try and improve. Um, it's easy to get through a broadcast, get into a rhythm for me now, and and not try and improve what I'm doing. What's hard is to listen back, to critique, to take notes, to listen to other broadcasters, steal things from them, come up with your own original ideas. Um, it's hard from a, a pace standpoint, but for me, the pace is, I've done enough games where it's slowed down enough for me. Um, I do find when I go up a level and I watch like American League hockey or NHL hockey, it's a little bit fast for me. Uh, I'll, there are times when I'll just turn off the volume on the TV and I'll practice. And sometimes the NHL is a little too quick for me. Um, but the the most important thing to me is that you're having a good time doing it. Um, I, I spend a lot of time in prep now, more than I did my first few years, because I want it to continue to be a challenge for me. I don't want to mail it in every week, you know, and uh, you talk about Adrian having a good program. Ferris State typically does have a good program and the expectation is that the broadcast is going to be good too. So I uh, try and look at myself as an extension of the program and uh, always a healthy thing to do. Adrian is a, a very proud one and you're right. It's, it is so much fun. It's unpredictable. I actually, there are sports I, I stopped watching because they are so predictable. I won't watch NBA basketball anymore because I pretty much know who's going to win most of the games. Um, but, like, you know, you turn on the NHL playoffs and Montreal looks like they don't stand a chance against Pittsburgh and they win game one. Like, it's the only sport where consistently you can't put a finger on what the result's going to be. And I love that about hockey. If you're just tuning in, welcome. I'm interviewing Harrison Watt. He is the play-by-play -play announcer for Ferris State University. Uh, fellow Bulldogs, you you guys are called the Bulldogs too, right? Yes, sir. Fair. Yep. So Bulldog interviewing Bulldog. So uh, let's uh, shift over a little bit. Let's talk about your team specifically because I do play-by-play -play for the ACHA Women's D1 program. And, you know, I love uh, I, I love the, the group of girls I work with. They're a great, you know, they're a great bunch. They're really good at what they do. And, you know, but this isn't about me. I want to talk about you and your team a little bit. How would you describe your team? Uh, just paint a picture a little bit. We're, we're in the midst of a kind of a retool. We had a big freshman class last year. We got a big one coming this year. Um, that said, the last, last freshman class is very good. This one is rated higher than any freshman class we've ever had in program history. Um, so we're excited. We're, we're really excited. Uh, we've gotten a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Um, typically, we're not a burner team. We're not going to go out and outspeed anybody. We're going to have to chip. We're going to have to work. It's uh, not the prettiest style of hockey, but um, we, we we run a brand. If you watch the Columbus Blue Jackets, when we're on, we're similar to what they're trying to do to really good teams in the NHL. We're going to try and chip block shots, get in the lanes, clog the neutral zone. And again, like I said, it's not always super pretty, uh, but I think we're bringing in some of the pieces that are going to make it a little bit more exciting. We've got a, a young Czech player, Stepan Korny, coming over. Uh, we're really excited about him. Our senior class, we've got a couple of really high-skill guys. Um, it, it's a good time. 
it, it's always fun to see the team growing. We regressed a couple of years, a lot of injuries, um, uh, just a, a lot of bad circumstance, um, things happening with the program. And it, it, it's tough to go through those times, but the attitude is back where it needs to be. Uh, last year, we had a tough year. And uh, it was interesting because I remember coming in the last two weeks of practice and the, the, uh, the team was working harder and more spirited than I had maybe seen them in two years. And they, they just weren't quitting and that culture, I think has seeped down. And it's, it's what at the division one level tends to turn teams around. Um, so I'm really excited for the next few years. Cause I think this is going to be another period where Ferris state hockey is going to start to climb right back to the top. We're going to be headed for a new conference soon, which I think will help us a little bit. And, uh, it's it's a wonderful place to be. I really, really love working at Ferris State. Small rink, intimate, very close to the ice. We're in a fun league with a couple of really fun buildings, Michigan Tech uh, being one of them, Bowling Green as well. And uh, it's it's a really, I love the group of guys I work with. I, I really do. And this pandemic has made me sit back and kind of appreciate them and the staff more because I'm not around them every day like I usually am. And uh, I just can't get, wait to get back to uh, working with them. They're, they're just such a wonderful group of people, care very much about each other, and they play hockey in a way that I can identify with. you gotta, you got to grind and you got to work hard. You, you hit the nail on the head, like me being away from the rink for so long since uh, I would say March when uh, Adrian sent us all home. It's just like you don't know what you're missing until you don't have it. And, you know, I miss – being behind the mic, I miss uh, being at the rink. I miss um, not only broadcasting, but cheering for my group of um, my, my team. And it's just, you know, it, it sucks that everything happened the way it happened. I, I, you know, they didn't get to go to the national championship in Texas due to the whole pandemic. And, you know, that that's a low blow for the upperclassmen, especially the upperclassmen who aren't returning. And, just a low blow in general. And yeah. And similar to fair state, they're um, also just trying to rebrand a little bit. They're still very good, but you know, they got a new coach. Uh, they got to know what kind of system they're going to run because, you know, uh, there's always growing pains with a new coach, I would say, but you know, that's just my perspective on it. Let's shift it over again a little bit. You texted me saying that you grew up a fan of the New Jersey Devils. Well, this is Locked On Devils. Do you care to explain, like, uh, who you looked up to, why did you look up to them, and just how do they still impact your life to this day? So I I, I did grow up a Wings fan, but uh, I don't know. How old are you? I am 21. Okay, so you might not be as familiar with this playoff series as I am. In 2003, the last time the Devils won the Cup, um, the Wings in the first round get swept by the Ducks. And that was the first year I was a Wings fan. And I'm devastated. Like, just just dev- devastated to my core. I went to the seven game of the series, and the Ducks goalie, Jean-Sebastien Jaguar, just, I mean, he stole the series. He stole probably two more. And I just remember, you know, the first time you're a fan of something when, when – it's over. It's really kind of crushing. And I'm sitting there like depressed. And I, I still feel like this when the wings get knocked out every year. Um, and I was and now they myself, don't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Um, 
I do, I do believe that they are get back on the right track, but yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot right now. Um, but anyway, so the Ducks advance, they start to move on. And I'm like, well, I don't want hockey season to be over. This is the first season I watched. I want to keep watching. And I, I start trying to identify what teams I think can beat the Ducks. The problem is I felt like if the Ducks could beat the Wings, none of the other teams in the West probably stood a chance because the Wings were the most talented team in the West. So I started looking to the East, and I was like, what team plays the Ducks style better than the Ducks? And I found the New Jersey Devils. Um, my cousin was a Devils fan. My dad actually grew up a New York Rangers fan. So I think I kind of wanted Oof. to tick him off a little bit. Um, Thank so I you. Last shot of the, I last shot of the Devils a little bit. And uh, obviously they made the finals. Devils won it to seven. And it was, it was interesting. Uh, I learned a lot about the Devils throughout the playoffs. I, I really latched on to Brian Rafalski, Scott Niedermeyer, Patrick Eliash, uh, Jeff Friesen. Uh, they, I just really identified with the way they played the game. Scott Niedermeyer is just so honest and, and, and dependable. Rafalski with a bit of a flair. Um, Eliash, kind of a dependable, you know what you're getting out of Patrick Eliash. And Jeff Friesen was kind of one of those situations where it's lightning in a bottle. And I love in the playoffs when you get a guy that, that just comes into his own. Um, that's my favorite thing about the NHL playoffs is sometimes these certain guys, they just they rise to the occasion almost unpredictably. And uh, that's why I identified with Jeff Reason. And, and to me, uh, you know, to this day, the way the Devils played in that era from 95 to 03 and a little bit beyond that, when I coach teams in other sports, I try and instill that kind of identity on the kids that I coach. Um, you're going to work hard. It's not always going to be pretty. There's going to be low-scoring games. We're going to score as many as we need to win, and then we're going to be miserable to play against after that. And, um, you know, there's the old adage, well, you should cheer for the team that knocked your team out. And I'm like, no, I'm not cheering for the Ducks. I'm nine years old. I hate the Ducks. They ruined my summer. I'm cheering for the other team. And so that's it stuck with me, and the Devils got the job done. And maybe had they not got it done, maybe I would have uh, – Take a different team, but uh, they got it done for me. They did the job, and I'm real happy about it. You know, I was talking about this with Nolan when I crossed over with his show. If it makes you feel any better, uh, back in 1995, if uh, the rules were the same from this generation as they were back in 95, the Red Wings would have beat the uh, New Jersey Devils in that Stanley Cup. You know, I, but here's the thing about that. You're probably right, but I'm glad that the Wings didn't win that cup because they wouldn't have gone out and gotten Igor Larianov. They wouldn't have gone out and made the Russian five happen. It just, I don't think it, the job ever would have gotten done. It would have been too easy for us to win in 95. And we didn't get to have the history that we went on to have. Um, and, you know, Maybe if we do win that cup, things are different, and Konstantinov doesn't get in the car accident, and the guy that could have won six Norris trophies may have played out his career. But um, I, I love the history that the Wings have, and I think a really important part of it was losing that Stanley Cup. Um, they talk about it a lot in depth in the Russian Five documentary, and I just think for the mystique of Steve Eiserman and, and that team and Scotty Bowman, it was important for the wings to get taught a lesson about the way they were going to have to play to be a champion. And um, so for that, I respect the devils. Obviously I don't like my team getting beat, but 
you know, in 1995, I was also two years old and I was still living in Boston. So I, I was not really all that tuned in. You know, I never thought of it from that perspective. That's pretty interesting. I might have to uh, think about that. Maybe it's good that the Devils won back in 95. Hmm. So anyway, before I let you go, I always ask this of all my guests. Do you uh, want to say hi to anyone? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Just Devils. To uh, any New Jersey Devils fans out there, um, stick with it. This is, uh, all I can really say is uh, stick with it. Things are going to get better, and don't be too hard on Jack Hughes. He'll figure it out. He's a good player. I've watched him enough. He's just young and small. He just needs to get a little bigger. Um, That's what I've been saying. Runs in that, hockey runs in that family. He's got to be patient. It's tough to come in the NHL at 18 years old, and like he looks like he weighs 150 pounds, to be honest. Stop to come into a man's league like that and dominate. And I, I do think he's going to be a great player, and that team will will stock up eventually and get it right. So don't be too scared, Devils fans. You'll turn the corner. Um, and uh, the Rangers suck. That's all I got to say. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I would like to thank my guest, Harrison Watt. Thank you for coming on to Locked On Devils. Thank you. So I hope you guys enjoyed this open hockey discussion on the show. It's always nice to get new perspectives in. And just talking about hockey in general and just going at it, especially when the Devils aren't in the playoffs. So sometimes you have to be adaptable. But anyway, that's a story for a different time. Thank you for tuning in and listening. There's more in store. Have a great day and continue to stay safe, New Jersey.